Hello and welcome to this pilot episode of this new spin-off series of Bonus Barrel. This week the main show and the BB crew took a small break but we'll be back next week as per usual. If you're wondering what this spin-off thing is all about, well, we've been actually wondering the same thing for a while now, but I'll try my best to explain. Um, for a while we've been thinking of like interesting things to do for the show and some of them have worked really well, I think, and we've done it as part of new shows, like special shows, like the 100th episode where we just created like a game and made a special spreadsheet and just listed stuff and it worked well. Another example of that is our Valentine's Day specials and we try to, to review something that is very different than usual. And there are other things out there that we also wanted to explore, but just didn't seem to fit our current format, or at least not in a way that didn't change our regular show like too much and made it a different thing. And we like our current show. So what we decided is to create a different space and explore that extra content in its own like time frame and under a different kind of label, but still under the same umbrella of Bonus Barrel. So just to make sure, this is not a replacement of any sorts of the main show of Bonus Barrel, but instead it's just more Bonus Barrel. I'm Seiji, and this is Bonus, Bonus Barrel, number one. we wanted to do was to talk about specific topics, taking more time to reflect without trying to be relevant to like current events, like things that were going on in the gaming world or in our lives, which is something that comes up very naturally in, a, in the kind of podcast format that we have in the main show. I personally wanted to, to start talking to the crew about our own show and our own story and what it meant for us and such, but really in a normal podcast form, it doesn't really work. But in this project, in this form, maybe it would work. And about a year ago, when we first started talking about this project and what it would be, Rob and I took some time to have a conversation and we actually recorded it to see if something of use came out of it. We wanted to talk about, you know, Bonus Barrel and what it meant for us and stuff like that. And we went back and back and back. And we actually started uh, right at the very beginning. You remember a point in your life where you were already aware of stuff and, and you hadn't played a video game before? Uh, I don't think so because I was four when I first played a video game. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what age is one to three is a dud. No one, <laughs> you don't know what's going on then. Nothing matters. I don't know. I know I can't really remember a time where video games weren't around. Do you remember the first time you you played a game and which game it was and stuff? So I'm trying to. I guess uh, I'm trying to pretend I'm you, uh, like a robot, and accessing memories that are probably long dead. <laughs> Um, I remember Super Mario Bros. I think Super. I remember 
my mom's husband, I think, rented a Nintendo when I was about four from this, this store. We lived in the country, and there's this corner store that would let you rent consoles. And I seem to recall them renting a Nintendo, with, I believe, with Mario on it. And I think that's the first game I ever played. And I didn't, the first system I owned was this old Atari, though, because I remember I was in grade one, and we had an Atari. Then eventually Nintendo with one of those 31-on-1 games. Because I remember playing a lot of those those shitty games. Like that one of those those bootleg <laughs> 31. I don't know where we got it. I remember there was a Popeye game on it, Excite Bike, the Mario Bros. Not Super Mario Bros., but Mario Bros. I remember playing those a lot. Then this crappy... And Donkey Kong, I think, was on there. It actually wasn't that bad, but when I was a kid, that's the first, the earliest things that I remember. So what's interesting to me is that when when I ask you about your first game memory, you, you gave me a lot of details about how you got to play that first video game. So mm-hmm. that's why I, I was asking about, like, because when I when I played my first game, yeah, it's curious. It was probably Super Mario Brothers, and I don't remember where it was. I don't remember whose NES it was or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just remember that I that I played Super Mario Brothers. It was probably the NES that I had when I was growing up, right? Because there was always an NES there, <laughs> uh, and ever since I remember, probably my dad got it uh, when I was really really young or a baby. Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, that's what we had. We had an NES, and I remember that I would just play the games that they were around, you know? Right. Mario, Mario 2, Mario 3. Unlike nowadays, video games, when we were kids, were often included in a category of things that children would grow out of, like toys and cartoons. But clearly, we did not. I have a question for you uh, regarding you being a kid and having games. Were there ever games that you were not allowed to play in your house? Like, was there games that you were, were explicitly banned? No. And and maybe it's because video games in the mainstream were a really new thing, so my, my parents weren't really aware of I think that's the stuff, same right? here, yeah. I think so. I think it's the same. Even when Mortal Kombat and Killer Instinct were big, my mom had no idea about games she didn't know so i was allowed to play those without any issue a, a lot of that was was video games like in the media right yeah so do you remember uh, video games appearing in the media or did mm. you uh went to specialized magazines or or how did you get your your gaming news back in the day you know it's, it's funny you ask that so I, I think i may have mentioned this on an old episode but i never knew where i found the code for sonic 2 like, I had the code to get supersonic, to to level select and stuff, and I have no idea where I got it. I don't remember a friend telling me. There was no internet, not not at least not for the common people. <laughs> but And I don't remember buying many magazines when I was a kid just because it was difficult. I don't know. I just didn't find them. The only thing I really got was comic books for, for most of the, like, 94 to 98. And I don't remember much before then. I don't think I really bought magazines. I think I mostly just got dinosaur books or something. So I don't know where that information came from. So it's probably you got it from a friend, right? I must have. I remember, I remember that I knew like the the Konami code, but I don't remember ever seeing it in a magazine. I mean, before mm. actually using it. I think I like knew that code contract. too. Yeah, the same. I think I think I must have had a friend must have told me. How important was gaming for you in terms of like talking to your friends or making new friends or? Were your friends like all like yeah I, I, gamers and stuff? I, I, well, I won't say I don't know how gamers, but 
when I got into Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy and Pokemon were two huge things that I would talk to people about. Even there was like people in high school who I didn't even necessarily like, or they didn't like me very much. But I remember we both played Final Fantasy, so every once in a while we would just kind of like chat a little bit about whatever Final Fantasy was coming out, and then go about our mutually separate existences. And I had some other friends that you know I, we would talk about the games with and get excited. And as as I got older, each year I got more into it, and more of my friends got into games. And eventually, all my friends play games, and and uh, that was pretty much how it went. What about you? Well, games have always been important to me. Uh, when you're a kid, you, you you make friends with with the kids that are in school, right? Yeah. So um, I don't remember exactly how I used to make friends before, but I do remember that that my my bestest friends were always the ones that were also into the stuff that I was into. Yeah. Right? When you get in your teens, it becomes a little bit harder to make friends, right? Because everybody is into different things and everybody's thinking about what the other kids think of you and things like yeah, that. Clicks are formed uh, and, and so forth. This was probably when I was uh, 15 or something when I uh, clearly remember that my friends were like the nerdy type. Right? Or, <laughs> You had a re- well, realization that you two were a nerd. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that that was probably up to uh, when I was in university when I real I, I fully realized that and accepted as what it was. Mm-hmm. As we grew older, video games became a larger part of our lives. Personally, I remember thinking and saying that I wanted to make video games years before I even had a clue about how to make one. Most of the art I do is inspired by things I've played in games. Like, I mean, yeah, I do art for games, but separate from that, like the things I love to do, like my own personal paintings, it's, you know, fantasy and sci-fi and concepting and designing creatures and characters and stuff. And all that is inspired by the games I love, like Final Fantasy and Pokemon. Like RPGs were a huge chunk of the things that I really, really loved when I was, when I was in my teens and that carried on to my adults and into my artwork. So I would say I get the most inspiration for my stuff just from games and other artists who make art for games. It's the, that's the stuff that I really like the most. So when you went to school for art, did you picture yourself uh, like working in games or <laughs> anything related to well, games? Well, I had no, I didn't think I'd ever be into games. I wanted to be a comic book artist for a really long time, and when I was in high school, and I, you know, that's a thing that at the time I was interested in. It wasn't until afterwards, and I started working on my own on my art and stuff, that I realized that creating for games as a possibility and then i just kind of went from there and just aimed for that how did you end up with a job in games industry? i had a friend who was in it in the industry and and i went to school again and then they kind of came in to look at student work and i got an internship and then i got hired and then didn't go back to school so i dropped out <laughs> now what about your free time how much of that time were you spending actually playing games listening reading about games watching videos about i mean games? I, I do a lot of stuff so outside of, of work and stuff, I I will usually paint either for practice or I'll just play games. And yeah, I, I listen to really cool shows like Game Sack and Metal Jesus and stuff. So I listen to that stuff a lot and Yuri of Wind and uh, Gaming Historian and all that stuff. So I, I like to listen to that in the background. And I, I love like game magazines and I check IGN every day and all those 
gaming sites. So I, I like to keep up to date. And like today, I, I was going through. I'm just been going through the entire DS library and just picking out games that look interesting to add to a, a list of games I might just buy and try out if they're not too expensive. And just stuff like that. At this point, it becomes very clear that gaming has shaped our lives. We play video games for fun, make games for a living, and also dedicate our non-gaming spare time to consume gaming-related media. It sort of makes sense that someone like us would naturally transition to having a podcast, but in reality, being a huge gamer nerd is not enough. Surprisingly enough, where we used to work together, I mean, people like games, but there, there's not a lot of people who are hardcore into games, like to the extent that, say, we are. So there wasn't a lot of people to just constantly nag about game stuff with, especially retro stuff. A lot of people I, that I know aren't really into older games, like people on the show are, like Lef and maybe Shelby, but well, Shelby's old idea of older games is probably like PlayStation 3, so it's different for her, but. Yeah, but you, you would think so, right? I always had this idea that, that when I got a job in the industry, I, not talking about any specific yeah, jobs yeah. that I have, but in general, like most people would be as into games as I was, and, and that is not the case, right? There's there's It's normal people, so they're, they're yeah, interested. Yeah, I know. You, are really, you expect, really like the, the, the cliche or the stereotype is that everybody's into it. You know, you, you, you go in thinking, oh man, everybody loves games, and that's all they ever think about. And it's really not the case most is just normal people thinking about their families and and every other th i mean there are people of course most people like games at the very least you should like them if you're going to work in them but but not really to like any sort of fanboyish extent so it's kind of funny when was the first time that you thought about having your own either video series or a well, i never i don't know if i even wanted to until i met you and it seemed kind of fun because i've always been a fan of of people who talk about retro games like a um, like Game Quickie from Retroware and just sites like that. Like I really liked, I liked uh, Game Vault from uh, Screw Attack. But those, all those shows inspire me. And I always kind of, I think I always kind of wanted to do one of those, but I never really, I didn't really think I'd do it. I didn't really, I don't think I had the voice for something like that or the, or the patience. So I just kind of, it just kind of happened. I needed someone else who wanted to do it, I think, to have me give it a try. What would you think is the first meaningful event that led us to to record that first uh well the reason we started is we went on a game hunt and we had a pile of games and we just decided to talk to them pick up video i think pick up videos are fun but pick up podcasts aren't necessarily the most exciting things in the world when you can't look at it but i, I do remember that was probably it i can't remember beforehand why because we were just talking about it for like a month before we decided to do it we're talking about amiibos and stuff. Point? There was like a lot of like we were we were becoming friends before then, so there was a lot of talk about amiibos and so I was talking to you about that and I don't know. There was a lot. I think there were probably a lot of little things. We probably both just we you and I both like a lot of people who make YouTube videos and stuff, and I think we just start talking about how it'd be kind of cool to talk about about that. And also my game collection was growing, and I and I just want to talk about all the games that I buy because some of them are pretty cool and not necessarily everyone's heard of them. How do you think Bones Barrel? Has affected your your life. I, I think quite a bit. I made friends with you. I think I became closer friends with you and and Lef. The reason I'm friends with Lef is because we decided to invite him on randomly, and and you know now I hang out with Lef. 
in games i played games that i never would have played like i liked i really liked kicks and that always stands out to me i never would have played kicks if it wasn't for that for <laughs> you and i went and bought it for game boy and i love kicks kicks is great dragon ball advance adventure i did buy but i probably wouldn't who knows when i would have got around to playing it and that's one of my favorite game boy advance games so there's so many games that i never would experience which is why i really want us to do game stuff again like game specific things at some point because it's fun my life changed quite a bit i mean once a week at the very least we, we, mm-hmm. we did something that was completely new to me, you know, getting together with two other guys and and just recording. And, and I wasn't very involved in the editing. And now I'm that so I glad am, you are, like, too, because I was doing pretty much all of the extra stuff for a long time. I, I, I once asked Left, do you, th- do you think in 10 years that you're going to look back and and cringe or whatever and i and he said that he's super glad that we've done it because he's going to look back and on how awesome it was just because in the end we're just just some guys and, and now a guy and a girl so not uh who just get together and talk about games it's, it's pretty i find fairly inoffensive if people like to hear people's opinions on games and they'll enjoy this and if they don't then they probably just won't listen but you know at least we'll be able to go back and kind of see our his our path of how our tastes in games change maybe you'll have a ps4 by then that's the dream that's my dream <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's going to be retro gaming, so... <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And that is it for this pilot episode of Bonus Bonus Barrel. I had a really good time putting together this episode and hopefully you also find it entertaining. Feel free to let us know what you think about this experiment. If you're curious on what is next, well... We've done a couple of things. I also had a a conversation with another member of the crew. Well, I guess we'll find out soon. Thanks for listening.